Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to the Taking Care of Business with Dan Trottencheck podcast. Uh, so glad to have you listening in today. And uh, it's another one of those special podcasts where we're going to talk to another one of our Young Retailer of the Year award winners. And and I say this in front of everyone, but but every one of these stories is truly unique and truly interesting. And as we've been doing these podcasts, it, it's been kind of fun because almost every one of the retailers we've profiled to this point has has something that that is a good representation of why the independent channel is so neat, unique. And today's guest uh, is really no different. Today we're talking to Weston Jacobs, and he's with Weekly Watson Hardware out of Brownwood, Texas. And and, and while there's so many things that, that make Weston Weston himself interesting, um, you know what what they really represent, and I think this is is is, is truly incredible, is the kind of history that these independent stores have within the industry. Now, you might not know this, or maybe you have heard this story before, but Weekly Watson is actually one of the oldest hardware stores in the state of Texas. And they trace their roots all the way back to 1876. And it's just kind of interesting when you think about that. And and the fact that this hardware store was operating in, in Texas back in 1876. I mean, those are Cowboys on horses days. Not that maybe Texas doesn't still have cowboys on horses, but uh, but just uh, what an amazing history this business has, and how fantastic it is that, that you have a young individual like like Weston that is taking this business and and in charge of that legacy, um, and and really taking that into the future and, and doing so successfully with a with a new kind of outlook on how to approach business here. Uh, you know, uh, so long after the story began so so we'll talk to we'll be talking to Weston later in the program and I'm, I'm definitely going to talk to him about that that legacy that he's in charge of and and just the exciting and somewhat romantic notion of what a what a hardware store it, it, out in the on the Texas plains in 1876 would have looked like and, and, and how that is so contrasted to, to where the operation is going today. And uh, again, these stories are so unique and so representative of what's going on in the independent channel. And the way we are able to bring these to you and the way we are able to recognize people like Weston and the other young retailers that I'm interviewing as part of this series is because of the support of our sponsors. And, and as I've said before, I say this, uh, uh, on this segment every time uh, while we're talking about this, but each and every one of these sponsors of this program look at this sponsorship as more than just putting their name on some kind of conference or some kind of award ceremony. They really are invested in both the industry and really telling the stories of these young retailers. So I, I want to make sure that I single out our sponsors uh, for the 2020 Young Retailer of the Year program. And this year, our sponsors are Aero Fastener, Epicor, Fluid Master, Intertape Polymer Group, Midwest Fastener, MyTech, and Pony Jorgensen. And today, our uh, first guest on the program is Dave Lewis, and, and Dave is the National Sales Manager for Intertape Polymer Group. Dave, welcome to the program. Dan, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, like I started out by saying, I mean, what an interesting story and what a great representation of of the long history that this kind of independent hardware uh, industry has had. Why, why don't you start by telling us, and we're going to talk to you a little bit about kind of Intertape's uh, support of that independent segment, but why don't you start out by telling us just a little bit about IPG and kind of your role with the company and how that all works together. 
Sure. I've been with Intertape now for that will be six years this October, serving as the role of the national sales manager for our U.S. consumer business. Uh, so it's most, most of paint and hardware. Uh, Intertape has been in business now for about 30 years, headquartered in Sarasota, Florida. We also have a, a, a headquarter in Montreal, Quebec. And uh, we're the second largest manufacturer of tapes. Um, we make everything from duct tape, carton sealing tapes, masking tapes. We basically close more boxes than any other company in the world. And uh, it's been an interesting, uh, interesting year. Well, uh, you know, we talked about this and, and about the independent channel and IPG has, has definitely supported the independent hardware channel with products and, and, and programs like this that you're supporting. Why is it that there, what, tell us about that kind of unique relationship that IPG does have with the independent retailers selling home improvement products. The independent channel has really been our core business. Um, at least as long as I've been with the company, like I said, for six years. And, you know, I think it kind of relates to the intertape culture. Um, we are very much involved, um, you know, locally to our communities, uh, much like the independents are. But, you know, the young retailer, you know, we realize that, you know, this business is, is changing and it's changing really, really fast right now. You know, we're seeing more data, more analytics. There's the e-com piece of it. And, you know, these younger retailers that are, that are helping uh, in, in this channel, you know, they are the types of people that we really, really want to support. And that's why we've, we've supported the Young Retailer of the Year program for the last five or six years that we've been involved with it. Um, these people that, that, you know, you're recognizing, um, they need to be supported and respected. And I think this is an outstanding program and platform to do that. You know, Dave, I've said this before, and, it's, and since you guys have been involved with the program for a while, and we certainly appreciate your support, I know the, know the retailers appreciate support of companies that you, like yours that have been longtime supporters of the, of the program, but, you know, I'm sure you've seen it that a lot of these young retailers, this is kind of their first step into leadership within the industry. I, I've mentioned this on other programs, but you see, I mean, on, on the 24 years that we've been running this program, that we have past young retailers who have emerged to, to take leadership positions within their distributors, serving on boards of directors, running committees. We have a, a, a large number who have served the, the North American Retail Hardware Association on our board of directors and helping support our programs and so on. So, so you're absolutely right. So supporting them is not just a support for, for a, a small group of young people. It, it really is supporting the independent channel and, and the future health of the independent channel. So, so we really appreciate the role that companies like IPG play in doing that. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on at IPG these days. What do you guys have you know it's 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 to say the least it's been an interesting year but but how are things at IPG and what do you guys kind of have have going on that independent retailers would want to know about and this is an interesting question if you would have asked me this question a year ago it would be a whole lot different than the uh, than the answer I'm going to give you now yeah. I mean obviously like like most of the, of the world right now we're, we've been dealing with the COVID crisis now we've been making sure that you know we've been deemed essential so all of our plants are running we're making sure everybody's safe you know the sales process as a whole different kind of animal right now um, some of the the interesting things and kind of to revolve around the COVID deal is that you know we were able to qualify our house wrap through our ECP channel our enhanced coded products uh, division uh, so we were able to qualify a house wrap into a level two and level three surgical gowns so we think that was a really neat um, thing for us to be able to help with the you know the personal protective equipment 
Um, you know, a lot of our, we've been using a lot of our double coated tapes that have been going into the, uh, the construction of face shields. Uh, obviously, if you, if you ventured out, you're seeing tape uh, marking, um, you know, social distances, where you can and cannot go, um, directional type things. So we've been using and selling a lot of tapes for that. You know, these are, you know, these are a lot of things that, uh, you know, the local businesses like the independent suppliers um, are able to sell and, and sell in their local communities. And uh, again, it kind of goes back to that, the independence and the correlation to the community. I think that is just um, the neatest thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a big part of the stories that you hear from people like these young retailers. Every one of them has a story that's, that's unique to what they do in their local communities to, to support, uh, whether it's uh, charitable efforts or supporting first responders or, or whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's as unique as the locations and the markets they serve. Dave, is there anything else that we should know about IPG or, or, or if, if any of our listeners want to learn more about what you guys are doing or, or your products? And, and, you know, it's also kind of an interesting, uh, just to bring this up year, because, uh, you know, I know I, I typically run into you at a lot of the, a lot of the kind of the markets and shows that are out there. And, and since most of those are virtual this year, we, uh, you know, we won't be seeing you out there. Um, so r right now, what, what is it, what is a retailer that wants to learn more about IPG do? Well, they can certainly reach out to me if they want to. They can also go to our website. It's, a, it's an outstanding website. It's at www.itape.com. Uh, we have a, a presence on all the social media platforms. So if you just want to search for Intertape or Intertape Polymer Group, you can find us there. Um, that's probably the best way. I mean, that's, that's probably the best way to, to find more information about us. We are participating in all the virtual shows this year, which is a uh, a little bit of a of a new platform that we're we're still kind of learning about, but you know hopefully we can have some sort of interaction with the with the dealers and, and various members of the co-ops and 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 try and have the most successful type of market we can. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I, I'll I'll uh, I'll repeat this, which is something I've said on these podcasts is is all of our listeners who are retailers and distributors. Um, I, I really want to make sure that you guys take a minute to note these companies that we're talking to. Um, like IPG and the other sponsors, because like I said, these, these, um, these companies are the ones that step forward when we go out there as the Association for Independent Retailers and we say, who wants to do something different to support this industry? And so when you're looking for companies to partner with for the products you carry, um, you know, for the same reason that, that, consumers and builders and contractors want to work with independents and the same things Dave's saying about those relationships you have with your communities. I just want you to just pause for a second and when you're going to your virtual markets or when we return to live markets or when you're planning for, for what you want to do next year, remember these companies that support your community and support independent retailers and really important events like the Young Retailer of the Year Awards. And, and you know, we don't have a, uh, we, we don't have um, a monopoly on these awards. There's lots of other worthy kind of awards programs out there that support independent retailers. And just pay attention to those sponsors because they're the ones that are willing to and want to go above and beyond to support independent retailers specifically. And so one last time, Dave, thank you for what you guys are doing and supporting us uh, with, with, uh, with IPG's efforts. And, um, and I appreciate your time coming on the program to talk about why the independent channel is so important to you guys. Dan, thanks. You know, Intertape really does respect the NRHA. We've been involved in, in, in several different programs that you guys 
uh, put on and, and it's, it's just been a pleasure to work with everybody. You've got a very professional staff and it's the efforts that you guys do are, are so important and helpful for not only the vendor community, but also the dealer community. Well, well, we appreciate that, Dave, and certainly the feeling is mutual. You guys have been huge supporters of this industry for a long time, so this the, the, this support you're giving us here is, is nothing new, and we we truly appreciate it uh, on behalf of the association and the retailers that we represent. So, so thank you again for the support, and thank you for coming on the program. Yeah, and I hope to, that we can uh, touch base soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to love to see you face to face at some point soon. Uh, appreciate your time, Dave, and everybody else. Hang in there for a few more seconds, and we are going to begin our conversation with Weston Jacobs, and that's one you don't want to miss. So, thank you. Hey, thanks everybody for coming back for our discussion this morning with our next Young Retail of the Year Award winner. Uh, today we are visiting with Weston Jacobs, who is a winner on our under $2 million a year in sales category. And Weston is with Weekly Watson Hardware. Uh, and, uh, and you guys have kind of a unique story just around the whole business. Um, so uh, first off, Weston, congratulations uh, for, for being one of this year's winners. Uh, I know it's kind of a, a bit of an odd year dealing with COVID and not having a live event and all that. So so congratulations nonetheless for winning the award and, and thank you for being on the program. Oh, thank you and, and thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, so why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Brownwood and a little bit about some of this history of the business in the community and a little bit about the community itself. Yeah, so Brownwood is right in the middle of Texas. People always ask and they, they are familiar with Brownsville, uh, you know, way down south. Uh, but we are, I mean, if you drop your finger on the middle of Texas, it's going to land on Brownwood every time. So you got to uh, drive so a long way to get out of Texas from where you are. <laughs> every, we are three hours from anything worth getting to. <laughs> We're 10 hours from anything outside the state just about. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. As, as in the middle, if you think West Texas and you think about the old podunky cowboy shows riding around the middle of tumbleweed town that's that's about where we're at <laughs> uh, right but no brown's a, a great community it's a uh, it was founded originally uh in i think like 1850 or something and the the cool thing about our store is it was actually started in 1876 so it's the oldest hardware store in texas and uh it, it originated a group of families got together they were repairing wagons and they decided to be a full-blown uh wagon repair shop and it grew into hardware and other things over the years and so the single family had owned it from 1876 up until about three years ago uh, when our family stepped in as, as the doors were getting ready to close um, but Brownwood was a booming town through like the, the the 40s and 50s it was a German prisoner of war camp uh, Camp Bowie some people out there that have any military history are pretty familiar with Camp Bowie and so it's right here in our city limits and just a, just a lot going on over the years through Brownwood. Well, I mean, it's crazy to think about when I had first read, uh, uh, read your uh, bio and read that about the store. I was thinking, you know, the kind of cool part about that is that that, that image that everybody gets of kind of like that frontier hardware store, that's what you guys were. And that was the, you know, when you think about those, like you were talking about some of the old Westerns and stuff and the hardware store in town, that's, that's, that, that's about as close to it as you could get is where, where you guys kind of came from as a business. Um, yeah, we, we've actually got some old pictures that are just what you'd imagine of an old hardware store, old wood deck, cowboys kind of leaned up against the post in the front of it. It, it, it's, it. it looks staged. It looks like somebody came up with it, but it's, it's pretty cool that that history goes that, that deep. 
Yeah, and, and, and like you said, I mean, even more amazing that the same fam- it had been in the same family for so many years. But then a few years back, uh, that family was kind of deciding to get out of the business, maybe, and kind of looking at, at shutting down the operation. But that's where you and your family came in and said, "Wait, maybe maybe we can uh, maybe we can make some of that." Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what what was behind that decision, what the conversation was like in your family to to even kind of look at taking something like that on? Yeah. Uh conversation in my family is kind of a, a funny way to phrase it because uh, I was working in Dallas at a, at a large trucking conglomerate. Yeah. Uh, I was in their parts and uh, inventory management. And my dad, who owns a little pharmacy here, uh, along with my mom, they, they work together into a pharmacy gift shop. They were on vacation in like Jamaica or something. And uh, my mom and her best friend had stepped away to go get a massage or something like that and said, don't get in, in any trouble while we're gone. And my dad jumps on Facebook with his buddy. They're sitting on the beach and they see Weekly Watson closing doors after 140 years. And being goofy about it, they both said, uh, hey, let's try to buy that. thing." And so I get a text at, I don't know, five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And it was my wife's birthday. She won't let me forget this because I, this is when everything in our world just completely shifted. Uh, I get a text from my dad, and, and for some reason, it's like he forgot the English language. <laughs> he, says, <laughs> he says, weekly Watson closing, might buy if you come home run. Let me know Monday. <laughs> and so, it's like so, a uh, my, my dad's that way. He's impulsive, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, you know, when, it, when a good opportunity comes, he's good at jumping on it. So we knew he wasn't kidding. And so needless to say, I, I legitimately did not eat or sleep that entire weekend, thinking, praying, all that sort of stuff, trying to figure out, are we about to move back to Podunk, Brownwood, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to take my city wife back to the middle of nowhere? Uh, and I'm pretty sure even on my wedding day, she looked at me and said, we're never going back to Brownwood. <laughs> but uh, surprise, we, we drove down there and met with uh, the, the Blags, who are the, the family that own it. Currently, which is a direct descendant of the uh, Weekly and Watson. Those are all different names in the, in the okay. lineage of Weekly Watson. Uh, and spent a lot of time meeting with them and talking and figuring things out and uh, came to an agreement. And, you know, my wife and I kind of looked at each other and realized we were getting ready to start a family at that point. And yeah. things where we were living in the south side of Dallas were getting a little bit sketchier. And we were, we were just ready to kind of maybe make that move uh, for the sake of our, at the time, hopefully future kids. And uh, now that we've got two daughters, we're very thankful for that. But that's kind of how it all came to be. We just, uh, it, in, in a broken English text over a weekend, we said, hey, we're young and dumb. Let's give this a shot. If we figure it out, great. If not, we'll hope somebody else will hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so up to that point, had you ever really contemplated being in retail or being a business owner? Or, or were you just kind of, I mean, you know, you were working for the trucking company. Were you just kind of thinking that was going to be your path? So this was kind of a complete departure for you? So through college, I, uh, my, my plan was to try to get into some sort of, uh, not necessarily retail, but I, I definitely thought I wanted to do my own thing at some point, That's, especially having my folks that, that did the uh, independent pharmacy and all that. I, I saw the way that they were able to kind of take direction of their uh, their lives. And so I thought that's definitely something in my goal, but I didn't have, have a future plan for it. And once I got to that trucking company, I, I was on a pretty good trajectory there and I enjoyed the work and the people and all that. So it wasn't in my plan at all that that text really uh, kind of derailed everything I thought I had going because uh, we, we were we were for most part pretty content, I guess, or, or, or like the way things were headed there. So it was it was definitely a, about a 180 degree variance of what we expected. 
so you guys make the decision to get in the business and then you uh, pick up from Dallas and you move back to Brownwood and, and now you're, you're, you're kind of in the business. Did you, did, did, when you first started back, did you think kind of, Oh, this is a good fit. I kind of, I kind of like this and I kind of see where we can go with this. Or did it take you a little bit of time to kind of get your feet under you? I think I can answer for most people that do hardware retail and say the answer is 100% yes to both of those questions. <laughs> so, uh, I definitely right off the bat enjoyed it a lot. I did not realize I, I love uh, being with people, talking to people, being forward facing. I really enjoy, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a manager, I don't get to be on the floor as much as I like to, but that's one of my favorite parts, fixing problems. Um, and I'm, I've always been a little bit of a handyman too. I, you know, YouTube in 30 minutes and I can figure almost anything out. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, between those things, I realized it was a good fit that I enjoyed it and that I wanted to make it, you know, I was going to do anything I could to make it work. Um, but I definitely didn't see retail being in my, in my future at that point. Um, and it's not at all what I expected. You know, all the memes you see on Facebook or whatever, pretty, pretty accurate when you're referring to retail. <laughs> so uh, no, it is, but it's been a, it's been a really good thing and we're very happy with the way that it's, uh, let our lives play out to this point and, uh, it's been a good fit. Well, you know, it's funny before we started recording, you and I were talking and, 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 and you're making the comment about, uh, you know, knowing about hardware is only part of the job. And I said, yeah, I think what a lot of people that I, I talk to, even the ones that say, oh, I went into hardware cause I, I knew a lot about DIY or I always liked it. And then they figure out that that knowing about the product is maybe ten percent of what you got to do. I mean, there's the managing the personnel, there's the there's the business aspect of it, there's the figuring out. I mean, everything from making sure you have the the, the right property lease or or purchase agreement to to uh, ordering correctly and all that. Was it were there things like that that surprised you when you came into it, or what what uh, what would you say was kind of the, the biggest surprise that you're like, oh, I, I didn't realize that this was going to be as big a part of it as it is? Oof, man, uh, I think, you know, they always say you're only as good as the team you build. Yeah. Um, when I stepped in, we were incredibly blessed to have a staff that had something like 150 years of experience. And we're a small staff. That was like across 10 staff members. Yeah. So that's a lot of experience. And here comes at the time I had hair down to my shoulders and oh, no. here comes this, yeah, this little hippie kid coming in trying to say, you guys are all doing your job wrong. We're going to change things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so managing those that had experience that I, you, you can't pay right. for, for one and, and trying to gear towards change. That was probably the biggest challenge is trying to uh, help them, maybe see that there is some updating that needs to happen, but also managing myself and tempering that with the experience and the things that they had done that were working and change for the sake of change. Isn't, isn't a good thing. And I, I had to do a lot of learning in that regard. Uh, but that was probably the, I'd say the greatest challenge was trying to, to level out those two things of we need to alter. We're not a wagon shop anymore, but we need that wagon shop mentality. And so, uh, that was tough. You guys uh, um, were pretty successful. I mean, in terms of um, in terms of uh, seeing some immediate kind of positive momentum for the business. Talk to us a little bit about what were some of the first things you guys saw kind of immediately, and probably what attracted your your mom and dad to the business in the first place was what What are some of the things you said? Okay, 
we could change this and probably see a pretty good immediate kind of return? Uh, first off, the appearance of things. Uh, being a millennial and understanding a little bit better, I think, the way my generation buys and, and the way they instill confidence in certain retailers and, and knowing my own inclinations there, I think I was able to do that. When we when we purchased the store, it was no secret that the, the store was in preparations for closing. It, it was not a, a lack of success of the business. It was more or less the owners were just done. And so they had started whittling down product and everything. Uh, and so at the time, we, we, when we purchased the store, I think it had about 40% of the inventory we have in it now. I mean, it had, it was bare bones and they were operating that way. And that's just, that, that was what was working for them in that phase of their careers. And so we looked and said, you know what, and, and no pun intended for the wagon thing, but you, you can't sell from an empty wagon. You have to have, you have to have it. And so our, our mentality there was let's shift, let's, let's get an offering of everything. Let's, let's, let's be that old time hardware general store. Let's, let's find a way to have something so that we're not just saying, ah, you're going to have to go down the big box down the road. Let's, let's see what we can do. And we also changed, uh, this was a painful thing, but I, I think it was worth it. And I'm not here to be Ace Hardware's spokesboy or anything, I, I, but I, I think changing to Ace Hardware was a, a very valuable asset in that, and that uh, our supply chain was, we were able to pick up the pace on our supply chain. So we were two, we are two days away from anything you need uh, with the way that we're set up with Ace Hardware. And so that's been pivotal. Uh, our, my generation's very used to, getting it in two days there there's not as much of the i need it now as there used to be now obviously there are those things um but being able to keep up with amazon being able to even outpace them in times like right now uh that's i'd, I'd say those are some of the things that that really spurred us into the to the next generation of retail and uh and hopefully into some lasting changes uh at least until the next big thing comes so what, what does the store look like now? You say it's kind of a combination general store, hardware store. What are kind of the categories that you guys are, are particularly strong in and what the community kind of knows um, uh, the store for? Uh, so what does it kind of look like these days? So I, uh, I got really heavy into the grill thing. Uh, it's kind of funny, one of the last pieces of advice that we got from the previous ownership and in, in, in just in passing, but given the way time has transpired, it's it's stuck out in our brains. He said, "Hey, by the way, don't don't get into grills. You're just not going to sell them here. There's Walmart, there's Home Depot, there's all these others. Just let them do that, and you you stick to your your space." And uh, we got really big into the Traeger, the Green Egg, Weber, all that, and that's been a huge category for us. Uh, kind of crazy, and I I do all the stuff there. I, I put the smokers out on the front porch every day and turn it on and get smoke in the air and get people asking about it. We do a lot of cooking or were prior to COVID hitting. Uh, and so that's been a big one. And then just recently in the last uh, few weeks, even we expanded back into sporting goods. Uh, the store originally had that and then the store split about 10 or 15 years ago. And another section of the family took that and went with the sporting goods direction. Um, they closed down here recently, so we we decided, hey, it's our turn. So we jumped back into that, and that's been a pretty a pretty big realm for us, especially in, in an election year. Lots of people are out looking for ammo and self-sustainability supplies, things of that nature. Yeah, I'd say so many retailers are telling us that, that that's become a big category for them as well. You know, I, I think um, one of the things I read in your bio, and I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up, uh, 
uh, was kind of this philosophy you have about running a retail operation. And, 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 and it struck me because sometimes some of the, you know, we, we always refer to it here as the blocking and tackling, you know, when you're, when, when you're thinking about, you know, big ideas and big strategic moves, so many people forget that those elemental things, the blocking and tackling of retail. And one of the things you had said about your retail philosophy was that you focus on the fact that every interaction you have with customers matters. And, and, and I just thought that was interesting because I think that's easy to forget when, when you are running kind of fast to improve a business and you're really worried about what category should I add and what, what should I do with, uh, you know, my, my growth plans and so on, just forgetting that, that really what it boils down to is how you interact with and how you impact every one of those customer interactions. So, so talk to us a little bit about kind of that sentiment guiding what you guys do there at Weekly Watson. So that's one of those things I'm so fortunate that my parents were in this retail field uh, prior to me. That's one thing that they've always they've always harped on, preached on. Um, and in a town like Brownwood that has a 2.5 unemployment rate prior to COVID, there's just a lack of service in a lot of ways. People aren't scared to lose jobs or anything. And, and that there's good to that. But the bad is that sometimes that means our service industry is lacking here. Uh, what we realized very quickly is that a bad experience from a customer grows like a wildfire. It spreads that fast and a good experience spreads like molasses. So you need the good experiences to incredibly outweigh the bad experiences. And so my employees would probably, if they were in here, they'd all be groaning and rolling their eyes because of how much we still harp on this every day of when, when I see a bad interaction happen, when I see an employee not maybe handling things the way that that we deem as our company culture uh we we attack that very aggressively because in 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 this age and especially targeting millennials we have to instill confidence in them that one we know what we're doing two we're not just selling them stuff and three they can go home and do whatever we've they've come here to fix you know in in hardware we have this incredible awful task of almost everyone that comes through our doors is coming in at the low part of their day. They have had something go wrong. They, uh, you know, it, it's a dire strait for them. And now they have to go spend money and then go home and fix it. And we have to take that entire situation and make that a good thing. Yeah. And that's yeah. a tall task. And so if we can equip them with the knowledge and the confidence to go do these things uh, and make that a good experience, that even in the worst part of your day, the worst part of your week, the worst part of your month, whatever it was, and we can take that and put you into a good mindset and you have a good taste about weekly Watson in your mouth because we gave you what you needed and, and from knowledge to supply, then, then that makes all the difference in the world. And that's how you beat big box. That's how you beat Amazon. They can't provide those things and they won't. And if we can target that market rather than trying to outpace them and theirs, we just hone in on what we know we're good at. I think that's where that's the, the way of the future for brick and mortar is as an independent yeah very very well said and very true and and uh and i hope um you know i think from talking to everyone who is a young retailer the year award winner i think that philosophy is pretty prevalent but but it's good to hear because i think it is easy to forget and, and maybe people who are a little bit newer and fresher in the retail environment like yourself 
really kind of see that pretty clearly. So, so let me ask you this. Um, you guys, you, you and your wife moved from Dallas back to, back to Brownwood. Now you've started a family there and so on. I, I'd imagine you guys and the business are, are a part of the community. I, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? I, I mean, as part of, do you like the community? I mean, obviously you guys are ingrained in it. What, how does the store interact with the community? Oh yeah. So we're, we're very community involved. And one of the kind of, my, my dad didn't understand it. You know, he's an older, older fella. And he, uh, one of the things we do is we, we do a lot of business partnerships. So on Facebook, we don't just rely on our name and our branding. We, we find if we've got an idea, an initiative, something we want to do in town, we round up as many other businesses, especially the independents in town that we can get and try to get them on that same page with us or make it a community event rather than just something that weekly Watson's doing. And, and that's, again, I hate to keep bringing it up, but that's something that I think millennials kind of look for is, is uh, businesses playing nice with each other and, and a sense of community and doing good. I, I really do believe that as our store succeeds, we have a duty to do well by those who contribute to that success. And so we've definitely honed in on, uh, one of the things that, and especially since I've had kids, this is, uh, I, I get, I've got two daughters and I considered myself pretty tough. And since then I, I just cry every time I see like Bambi come on or anything, but kids are on my heart all the time. And so we, we gear a lot of what we do towards uh, those that are in abusive situations or those that are maybe impoverished, whatever we can do to help the defenseless. Uh, that's, that's where our, our heart is underlying throughout the year. And then there's other cool things we've got to do to be a, a part of. We do a big water drive every year called Operation Firewater where we supply. This year we did something like uh, 40 pallets of water that of water cases that went to uh, volunteer fire departments all over the state. I mean, uh, we, within about three or 400 miles of us, we were shipping water out and they were coming and picking it up and stuff. And, and you know, right now we're in a, a very dry spell in our part of the, part of the uh, world and there's tons of wildfires. And so it's been a, been a real neat thing to be a part of that uh, and then one of the coolest things we ever got to do was we had some stone uh, veteran memorial plaques we have a uh, it's called the Syntex veterans memorial uh, here in Brownwood and it's one of 100 in the nation and some straight line winds knocked down some big old stones that had the names of those that had died from our area uh, all the way back from World War one until present uh, those stones were knocked down and we were able to be a part of the restoration effort there. And that was a really neat thing that the community rounded up. But we definitely feel that need to be uh, a part of the community for sure. I mean, I, it's small town Texas. People still talk about the football team I was on back in 2010. I mean, it, it is what you think it is. Uh, so we, we feel that duty to be very involved uh, in this community and to make it better. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and I I gotta agree with you on a couple things. One, I think that you know people get caught up a lot, particularly people in my generation and 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 older, looking at millennials and saying you know listing off all the things that they perceive as negatives. But I do think that you know I. I sometimes it's frustrating as part of a different generation or at any you know someone who's been around for a while for someone or some group of people to push you to think differently than you've always thought. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times the initial reaction is to push back against that and say, you know, you punk kids don't know anything. But one of the things that I think you touched on that, it, that is really true is one, 
if you're going to have a business, millennials are got, got it. They're going to be a key part of it for the next 30 years and beyond. Yeah. Um, so you have to figure out how to meet those needs. But I think one of those areas that you touched on is, you know, it's easy for people across generations to say, oh, you should patronize local business. And, oh, you, you know, you, it's important that we have these small businesses that are part of our communities. But I think it's another thing that the millennials are, 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 are holding us to is, okay, but then why don't you guys who run the businesses work together and form those kind of partnerships? So I thought that was, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're really right on target, uh, I think, with those kind of things. And I think that's one of the positives that, 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 that millennials are kind of pushing for. And the other thing I have to agree wholeheartedly with you is, as a father of two daughters myself, is that I don't care how tough you think you are <laughs> when you get daughters. Uh, and it, I'm not to say I, I've never experienced sons, so I don't know. I have a grandson, and it's pretty much about the same with that. But uh, but but with daughters, they sure know how to humble the tough guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a mess. I I really thought I was a pretty tough guy, and I am not. I am a big old sissy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. So hey, uh, you know I I enjoy hearing about the business. Where do you think? Where do you see you guys in the next three years, five years? What about you, your family, the business, Brownwood? Where do you see all that in the near future? What a good question. I uh. <laughs> I always tell people I'll chase any rabbit that jumps out in front of me. I, uh, I don't have a, you know, I, growth is obviously the plan. Uh, and, we, and from the time we moved back, we, we decided prior to ever coming back to Brownwood that Weekly Watson was probably not the only thing we wanted to do. Yes, it is going to be a part of our life until, <laughs> until the Lord comes back. Uh, but we, we're always looking for ways to expand, like, for example, the sporting goods thing. That was not in my plan a year ago. And here we are full-fledged into it. Um, and so... We, we, we always explore those kind of opportunities. We do look for new store ideas, especially out in this West Texas area. We're always looking for places that we could be. Um, but we're kind of in the stage where we've been in the growth stage for three years, essentially with Weekly Watson, where it was, let's pump as much into this as we can. Let's, let's reestablish a name. Let's pack the shelves. I mean, it, it, it looks like somebody played Tetris with, with parts in our store. It's literally stacked floor to ceiling almost everywhere you go. Uh, and we're finally getting to kind of a refining stage. So trying to hone in and especially through an election year, especially as we see what comes out of the backside of COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do we be efficient as retailers, not just uh, like this like tool vomit, basically, where we've just thrown it all out there and said, come get it. So uh, that that's the most immediate, I guess, answer to your question. And then, like I said, growth is hopefully on the horizon. We're just looking for that next good opportunity. Well, again, uh, congratulations on the recognition of Young Retail of the Year. And one thing I'll, I'll leave you with is that, you know, we, we've been doing this program for 24 years. And I've been with the association here, you know, for certainly throughout that entire time. And one thing that I've seen is the Young Retail of the Year program tends to be a stepping stone for retailers to get more involved in your industry. And, and as much as you've done in Brownwood and as much as you've done as, and as dedicated as you are to the community, I think that this is gonna be just the start for you getting involved in the industry and really making an impact for fellow retailers. Because I know just, just talking to all the Young Retail of the Year Award winners, not just this year, but in the past years, um, you guys have a lot to, to teach the rest of, of, of the industry with that new perspective. 
but also there's a lot of other retailers or there's a lot of other families out there with, with, with younger people that are trying to weigh, should I get involved in the business? Is it worthwhile? Is it something I want to do? And hearing from people like you and the other winners who have been successful, um, it, it really helps them kind of say, yeah, this is a place and a path that I could, uh, that I could build a career and have a successful career. So I encourage you and hope that you'll continue to be involved in the industry. And my last question for you is, so you've got two daughters, when are they going to start working in the business? Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) They, they they're my professional, as I call them, my professional unstockers right now. They are (laughs) in the store very often making sure the bottom aisle of every shelf has been properly dismantled. (laughs) uh, No, I do plan on getting them in the store at a young age. I want them to know what it's like to work. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to those days. I, I'm not, not in a hurry to get to them, but I'm, I'm looking forward to them for sure. Yeah. And, and, and uh, 157 years from now, maybe they'll, uh, they're, <laughs> their, their daughters, daughters and sons will be running the business too. So well, sure take better. <laughs> it was great talking to you again. Congratulations. And thanks for your time. And, uh, and to all our listeners out there, these podcasts are just kind of the first wave. You're going to get to know all these winners a lot better when we publish the stories in the magazine. And then uh, at the end of August, when we have the actual award ceremony, uh, virtual award ceremony, you'll get to see some videos, learning a little bit more about them. And I guarantee you uh, that, that these retailers, you're, it's not the last you're going to hear and see of them. Uh, this is just the start uh, of learning more about this, this really impressive group of people. So Weston, again, congratulations and thank you for your time today. No, thank you so much. It was a blast. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you.